Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and Executive Function, the distinction between outcome and process. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. You've heard it from organization experts and others. If you want to get things done, you need to keep to-do lists. If all the things you need or want to accomplish keep you up at night, you might think about spending five or ten minutes before bed writing down your list for the following day. Some people prefer to start their day by creating a list. Choose whichever works best for you. To learn more about time management and ADHD, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, Jan, can you introduce our guest? Jeff, our guest today is Sean McCormick. Sean is the founder of Executive Function Specialists, an online coaching business that guides students to be more organized, thoughtful, and goal-oriented. He's the author of Becoming an Online Executive Function Specialist. It's a course that trains teachers to provide online executive function coaching. Sean is also a podcaster, educator, and speaker at prominent venues on the subject of executive function. He's featured regularly across media channels for his expertise on ADHD, executive function, and special education. His business has provided over 13,000 executive function coaching sessions, and his Earn More Tutoring podcast has over 8,000 downloads. You can find Sean online at efspecialist.com. And Jeff, we're happy to have Sean with us today. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. This is um, a unique topic. A lot of times our show content over the years that we pay attention to attention and we like to make distinctions and really try to help people gain some clarity and some insights. And today's topic is particularly uh, interesting to me. 
And I think I just want to give a little bit of backdrop around this is that I think the world of ADHD has been very confusing because of names and labels. I remember it used to be called minimum brain dysfunction, and then it was changed to ADHD, which is a term I don't think a lot of people like, but we're kind of stuck with it right now because the the term is written into a lot of accommodations and laws. If we were to change the name, all those hard-fought accommodations and laws wouldn't wouldn't apply anymore. But needless to say, it was confusing because it says deficit of attention and you know, I mean, 15, 16 years ago, if you took an executive functioning impairment test, ADHD didn't show up as an impairment. But through the likes of Dr. Barkley and others, we're realizing that it's definitely an executive function, uh, which really has opened up the door to a lot of things. And, and we're really evolving in this area of really understanding, changing our mindset and thinking of it as an executive function. And so today, uh, coming together, we're going to talk about where we were looking at executive function and what you do, and then talk about some of the things that I do, the distinction of executive function as an outcome versus a process. So let's begin, and can you share with um, our listeners just a brief bit of background and more or less what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that, and, and I appreciate the kind of introduction to the topic because I think the names, you know, can be confusing, and, and if it's, you know, called minimum brain, brain dysfunction, that's like pretty <laughs> pretty intense label to put on yeah. on someone when they could be extremely brilliant, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and to say that their brain is dysfunctional. Um, while there is probably some shards of truth in there in certain aspects, um, it doesn't definitely paint the whole picture. But anyways, uh, so my name is Sean McCormick. I'm an executive function coach. Um, my focus is on middle, high school, and college students, and I'm the founder of Executive Function Specialist. So we focus on coaching middle, high school, and college students. Um, teaching them, you know, critical executive function skills such as time management, task initiation, communication to their teachers so they feel empowered and motivated to to manage school and then, uh, you know, make the leap beyond school into careers and, and things that will benefit them. So you said with, with skills like time management, um, task initiation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, task and initiation, I, self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody self-advocacy, there's – um, Dr. Barclay's executive construct, if you're, if you're familiar with me, I'm a big fan. Uh, self-awareness is a big executive function along with emotional self-regulation, um, self-restraint, mm-hmm. working memory, which would include verbal working memory, nonverbal working memory, and playing with information in your mind. So you're looking at these, and it, it, it takes executive function in order to manage time and, do, and, and make do plans. So those are like the outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you have to have the process of a working executive function in order to apply the skills, you know, needed, like you mentioned all those different ones. And for parents and people out there who are like, oh, my God, there's so many executive function skills. Like, how do I remember this? I like to use the acronym POSITIVE. I don't think it captures everything, but it does help you remember. So POSITIVE stands for planning, organization, self-management or self-awareness, initiation of tasks, time management, inhibition, visualizing outcomes, which is like nonverbal working memory, and then evaluating priorities. And actually, can you repeat that for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So positive stands for P for planning, um, O for organization, uh, S for self-management, self-awareness, self-advocacy. I kind of lumped those. They're different skills, but I just Uh used S to capture all those and remember them. I is initiation of tasks is time management. I, uh, the next I stands for inhibition or being able to like step away from YouTube and focus on your work. V is visualizing outcomes. You know, nonverbal working memory requires yep. that you visualize what you want. And then the E stands for evaluating priorities, being able to, to focus on the things that really help you reach the, 
the critical goals rather than the distractions. That's kind of clever. Did you come up with that? I did make that up, yeah. And, and I, will, I will say this. I know people can't see us, but that all came from my memory because, and actually, <laughs> if you're going to appreciate this, um, I actually learned that from, I, I think you know Seth Perler. Seth Perler, I had him on my podcast as well as you. you fantastic episode. Go, go listen to my episode with Jeff Copper. But um, I was going to say, Seth Perler told me about this idea of creating models, you know, where it's like you turn these ideas that are hard to remember into models and for some reason, it's really good for the ADHD mind um, to to kind of convert an idea into a model that's easy to remember. So for me, positive is an easy acronym to remember, but it's like PEMDAS, right? Everybody knows PEMDAS for math. Um, so I'm just trying to kind of apply that same methodology to executive functioning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with this in mind, when you sit down um, – just talk about how you work with um, students in this area. Kind of, kind of walk through us with, through the process. Kind of what you do to develop the skills. Yeah. So I mean, one of the big things that I've learned about trying to help kids with executive function challenges, you know, and, and God, we need another acronym for that. But you know, just the disorganization, the messy backpacks, the missing assignments, and it could go on for days. Um, but what I've really learned is that you have to make them feel like they are owning the situation and owning every step of the way. So a big part of my work is getting them to start identify goals rather than telling them what they should do, asking them questions like, what kind of grades do you want? You know, what, well, if we, were, if we were at the end of the semester and you were pulling open that report card or pulling it up on your computer, what grades would you see, would you see for your class in English and mm-hmm. math? And that's that nonverbal working memory part where I'm actually getting them to visualize it right? They're actually seeing the screen like, oh my God, I have an A. I can't believe it. And then I'm asking them this question. How would you feel if you had an A in English? And they go, man, I would feel so good. Oh, my parents would be so proud of me, right? And so not only getting them to visualize it, but also getting them to kind of project themselves into the feeling space. I think that combination of thinking and feeling creates a real kind of space in the mind to work towards something. Uh, And so that's a big part of the process is getting them to visualize and specify, right, using those SMART goals, that specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. Time That's the easiest SMART goal to write in the world is an A in English at the end of the semester, right? It's very specific. You, you're going to have a clear outcome. You're going to know exactly when, when it is. It's at the end of the semester. You're going to get that report card. Someone else is measuring it. Um, so that's an easy way to engage kids, right, because they know that mm-hmm. language. But there's so, there's so much more to it beyond just asking them, um, you know, motivating, motivating questions. You're also trying to tap into that deeper place of, you know, what beyond grades, right? Because, you know, grades matter, but they don't matter. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, no one's looking back at what my grades were in middle school, high school, or college and saying, oh, I, don't, I can't work with Sean because of that. But they're really, what kids really want is purpose and autonomy and, and, and to be empowered. So you also have to teach them the skills to be able to do that. You know, and so many kids are avoidant of interacting with their teachers, right? They see their teachers as these kind of like Greek gods on, you know, on a pedestal that, oh, I couldn't ask them, you know, for an accommodation or I couldn't ask them to clarify what they meant in these assignments. And when you teach kids like, hey, there's actually a skill to this that you can learn if you apply it. And the, the thing that I teach kids very often is the, the ping method, pinging your teachers. And kids don't know how to write emails typically. You know, they don't know that they have to start with P, a pleasant introduction. Then I, they inquire, like, hey, I noticed my grade in your class is a D. I was wondering, you know, if I completed these three assignments, could I raise my grade to a B or an A? 
So that's the inquire part. The end stands for negotiate. Like, is it okay if I turn them in by this date? And they actually choose the date. And then G, end with gratitude. Just say, thank you so much for your guidance, comma, you know, student name. So if they, if they start to do things like that and they realize, like, oh, it's actually not an art, it's a science. And if I use the ping method or if I, if I actually, you know, write down my goal and I break into chunks, I can actually have these outcomes that I want. But I have to focus on that process. Excellent. Um, John, I tell you what, I think it's a good place for us to stop to go to kind of a commercial break. Um, for those out there that would like to learn about him, I, and I would encourage you to do it, go to efspecialist.com. So I, I trust EFs is for executive function, right, John? Exactly, yeah. And, and just remember, specialist has an S on the end. Yes. Um, S is in Sam, because um, some people yep. type in EF specialist, but you won't get there. Got it. So mm-hmm. efspecialist.com, everybody. Our secret word tonight is distinction, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Sean McCormick, and um, we're, we're talking about executive function, the evolution of ADHD. And quite frankly, I think we're, we have a long way to go, but we're making great strides recently, and we're looking at executive functions. And he was explaining a little bit about working with uh, middle school, middle school students, high school students, and college students. And one of the things that I'm hearing, Sean, is that makes a lot of sense. When you're engaged in having conversations with students about what their goals are and what their purpose and those things, there's a lot of self-awareness that goes into there, which is a big executive function. To me, you can't do much about anything if you're not aware of it first. And so by having those engagement and, and, and doing that, plus you're getting them to think when you're asking them questions, because mm-hmm. ADHD, mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit, is very much more of a thinking impairment that people realize. So you're engaging them in that conversation to kind of get them think so that they can begin to look towards the future and begin to plan so that they can achieve some of these goals. So that's kind of, kind mm-hmm. of where we are. Um, and I, We're talking about the ping method and turn to chunking it down. So a little bit more, what, what else? So you, you sit down with them, you do that, and so what are the next steps? Yeah, I mean, and just to riff off what you just said, Jeff, because I think the self-awareness piece is so important. And when I, when I lay out that ping model for students and parents, I point out to them, I'm like, when you, when you write down, hi, teacher, comma, I noticed my grade in your class is a D, right? Just that act of acknowledging, like, you are aware of your grade mm-hmm. and you want it to be different. My goal in your class is to earn a A, and I have them fill in the blanks. I'm not telling them they should put, you know, A, B, whatever, I'm just telling them, look, tell your, acknowledge that you know what your grade is and then, you know, tell the teacher what your goal is because those two parts, that self-awareness and that ability to set goals, those are difficult for kids with ADHD, kids with executive function challenges. So those two tiny 
tiny steps can actually have a massive impact on a student if they're kind of sticking with that process. So when they go through that process of acknowledging their, their kind of present state and setting a goal and asking for help, teachers often are so willing to be supportive. But the, what, what a lot of kids with ADHD and, and executive function challenges do is they kind of recede in school and they start to pull away. They don't ask for help. They feel like they're all on their own. And so they don't really, they don't really put their needs out there because they're embarrassed. You, you know, as we know, a big part of ADHD is that, that emotional regulation challenge. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you're a kid with ADHD and you've been in school for a long time, you've had plenty of adverse and challenging experiences where you might have been labeled as lazy or that you don't care or that you just need to try harder when really that's probably not the case in most instances. So teaching them these skills, helping them re-engage and show they care, which they do usually, mm-hmm. is a way for them to start to, you know, be successful in school. So then what happens after that? Well, I think it's, you know, one of the images I show in presentations is an image of a person doing push-ups because it's not necessarily that we have to reinvent the wheel and keep trying random different things. It's that we need to be consistent about this process of, reaching out to teachers, asking for feedback, asking for help on this type of situation, getting clear directions as to what you need to do to perform better, you know, and to reach your goals in class, and can being consistent week after week in that process. And when you do that, that's just going to change your entire school experience, right? When you go mm-hmm. from getting passively getting feedback from people in your job or in school to being proactive, I call it managing your bosses, like, hey, I'm not waiting for you to come to me and tell me I didn't do a good job on this project. I'm bringing the project to you. I'm saying, hey, here's what I've done so far. I'd love your feedback on how I can improve this and reach my yep. goal of getting an A on this. And that is that's a game changer for kids. Yeah. So, so I want yeah. every, everybody um, – Sean works with students. Um, we overlap a little bit because I'll work with more mature college students on occasion. Um, and what he and I want to make sure that we're kind of clear. What he does really makes a lot of sense for this crowd. Um, I want to share the what I do on from a process perspective as opposed to an outcome. Mm-hmm. And like I want to go back to the the pinging the teacher, uh, that concept of, of what is it, polite introduction or whatever. I think a lot of one yeah. of the things that I've learned is that. ADHD is an executive function impairment, and, and really people with ADHD, they struggle. They're as intelligent as anybody else, but they have a hard time doing it in their head. And most don't have the self-awareness of that. And to sit there and actually think about how you would approach somebody is ambiguous. And I find mm-hmm. that a lot when I'm coaching adults, a lot of, a lot of procrastination, I'd say 80%, is rooted in ambiguity. Like they, they don't know what to do. They don't know how long. And not knowing how to approach it. So when you guys walk in and you go, ping. That's a template for them to begin mm-hmm. to think and break mm-hmm. it down in order for right. them to reach out to go to the teacher. So one of the things that mm-hmm. I do in the, is, is, is working with adults is kind of let's talk about the process of things. And so like for mm-hmm. me, when somebody's disorganized, they'll call me up and say, I'm disorganized. And I'm like, I've never, ever been able to not prove somebody's got a system. So the first thing I do is I walk through their current system and begin mm-hmm. to identify why that system is the way it is based off of – thinking process. And so like sometimes things are out because people with ADHD have a, have a hard time retrieving existing knowledge. And it's out as a visual mm-hmm. reminder. If it was put away, they would actually never do that. So we map out it, understand why it is the way it is from an executive functioning perspective, because there's loading of information, retrieval, the manipulation of it towards, towards the goal and the effortfulness of it. And we'll begin to say, how do we tweak it? That's a little bit more of a process-based mm-hmm. approach 
than it is from an outcome-based approach. Another thing that I do a lot of is um, you talk about chunking it down. That's a really good way mm-hmm. of removing ambiguity for something. But one of the challenges mm-hmm. I see in students, like, like college students, because I'm not dealing with the young ones, and really adults is people don't realize that chunking it down works but most times people try to go home and do it inside their head, and that's impaired. It really works if it's outside of their head, if you're collaborating with people, as opposed to inside yeah. their head. And so mm-hmm. we're, the awareness of this is happening, but again, the distinction is, is you're walking in saying, hey, this is, I'm giving you some templates. I'm going to help you begin the thinking process, and you're engaging to do that. As we're evolving, we're learning more and more about the process. Like one of the things that, that I find the students have a real problem with is um, when I was in college, I would have a book and I'd highlight it. So the highlights, the target, I wouldn't have to read an area. Like I'd read this section and I would look it over at my notes and I would have something highlighted. And I want to compare and contrast the two pieces that I wrote. On a piece of paper, it's easy. My mm-hmm. eyes just dart from one to the other. On a computer screen, it's more challenging now because the process is I've got to read something on the screen and identify what I'm reading. It's not highlighted, so I've got to read it. Then I've got all kinds of stuff. I've got the instruction of I've got to click on something. I've got to go to a tab to open an app, a browser, mm-hmm. some notes. I've got to scroll looking for what I'm looking for. All the time I'm holding in my mind what I originally wrote. And by the time I get to what I'm looking for, often I've forgotten what I originally read. Mm-hmm. Right, and I do a right. lot of sometimes yeah. like saying, let's look, let's look at this process of thinking because you're a smart person, but sometimes you're using the wrong tool to develop that. Right, so right. again, this distinction is I'm hoping to open up people's minds is that often we're focused in on the outcomes and there's a lot of things that can be done to help them. But sometimes you can also do more by, by breaking it down and saying, what's the process here or what's the legitimate reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such a great point about, you know, with kids, you know, and you, you know, it's adults, it's anybody, but there's so many steps in between the, you know, the, like, right, like if you're going to do something and you got to, you know, switch to a computer yep. or you have to, you know, go to a textbook, and uh, there's so many steps there and so many opportunities to lose track of the process, and I mean, I can definitely relate to that, and I think a lot of kids, you know, they're experiencing that. And so I love how you talked about externalization because one of the things I, I tell kids and I also help them with is we have to externalize the heck out of your <laughs> goals, right? We have to keep them so top of mind that you, you can't help but run into them. I mean, I'll tell you, one yep. time I had a kid who was so distractible, you know, that could just – he just really could never su- submit his homework. So I was like, we're going to put a Post-it on your pillow. So before you put your head on your pillow – you're going to remember to look at that and submit your homework. And, I mean, sometimes it takes that level. Now, the cool thing about technology um, that I've found is that all these tools that are sitting in front of us, our phones, our computers, they're meant to distract us in, in, some, in one sense. But we can mm-hmm. actually override them and allow them to make our goals so externalized that we can't help but notice them throughout the day. So I'll give you an example. Is with a lot of students, Almost every student has Gmail and Google Docs and the whole Google Suite because, you know, most schools um, use, use the Google systems to manage, manage their students. So on Gmail, there's this thing called tasks, and it pops out on Gmail. It can pop out on Google Docs, on Google Sheets, 
um, across any any platform on Google. And you can also add it to your, your phone as an app so it pops up. So what I have kids do is I have them actually put, you know, those five goals, right, you know, the grades they want to earn in those classes. So they're popping up. And then they put their subtasks, right, they're the things that they need to do to work towards that goal. So, oh, I need to, re- I need to email this teacher about this project that I got a little grade on. I need, to, I need to follow up with my counselor about, um, you know, scheduling the right classes, whatever it is. But those things are so embedded into all the tools that are sitting in front of their face that we start to override them and make, and make the distractions that would normally happen actually part of their goal-setting process and, and engaging in things, if that makes sense. I, I didn't quite follow you. So you're, the, you're using that as a yeah, yeah, let me, let me, right, so let me, let me explain it like this, right? Like your phone, it's sitting there, and, you know, a lot of kids are distracted by TikTok, right? There's notifications popping up or Instagram, right, it's saying, you got five likes or, you know, your friend's going live, yep. right? They're distracted by those things, right? Mm-hmm. So what we, what I have students do is I have them, first off, turn off all those notifications for all those platforms that are not, that are not benefiting them in any way except stealing their attention, and I say, now let's turn on notifications for Google Tasks. Let's turn on notifications for your calendar so that we put things into their calendar, we put things into their task list, and now those pop up like, hey, you said you wanted to start your homework at 5 p.m., and a little alarm is going off on their phone. So all that distractibility, you know, that was once sucked away by apps like TikTok or Instagram uh-huh. or Facebook is now being converted into drawing their attention back to the goals they've set for themselves. Got it. So it's kind of like rehacking in the system. Yep. So I, I tell you what, we need to go to another a break. Uh, we'll come back and continue our conversation. Everybody, to learn more about Sean, go to EF for Executive Function Specialist, that's with an S at the end, dot com. Our secret word tonight is distinction. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Sean McCormick having a conversation um, about executive functioning. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about just memory and remembering things. And, and Sean, are you game to do a little attention exercise for grins and giggles? Definitely. Let's do it. All right. So I'd like everybody who's listening to try to participate. So I'm going to be talking to Sean, and we're going to interact, but you imagine I'm talking to you. And uh, 
got our fingers crossed. Okay. So, Sean, in a minute, I'm going to say six words very slowly. When I say them, please don't write them down. Okay. If you feel the urge to say the word, repeat it out loud, please don't. So, again, I'm going to say the okay. six words. When I'm done, I'm going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, can mm-hmm. you repeat them back to me in alphabetical order? I will do my best, but <laughs> I'm nervous. All right. I'm going to do my best. That's okay. Ready? Yep. Igloo, teacher, zebra, kangaroo, bumblebee, hippopotamus. Okay. Um, uh, hippopotamus, igloo, kangaroo, teacher, zebra. All right. Forgot bumblebee. So uh, that, that's bumblebee. okay. That's okay. <laughs> we, we, here, here's the reason we did this, right? Yeah. Is that it requires working memory because you didn't learn anything mm-hmm. new. Right, I gave you six words. You know what right. all those words are. You you could visualize them, and you know what the alphabetical order was. But you had to load those in your mind, kind of make an association, mm-hmm. hold them, and reorder them mm-hmm. towards the goal. Right. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. Using your, that's using your working memory. Earlier, I talked about notes where you'd read something, and then you'd have all these instructions to go find what you're looking for. And I wanted to do this exercise because I do this with most of my clients. So number one, they can begin to see what working memory really is. It's six words. Mm-hmm. You forgot Bumblebee. I, sometimes it, people forget too, and they get the order wrong. But here's what's cool. You remember how you said, I'm going to do my best. I'm a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. emotional reaction that you had mm-hmm. in the face of difficult thinking. And everybody, the reason I'm bringing this up is that this is like invisible. Like a lot of the world doesn't realize that this is an impairment. This is what just happened and the challenge that Sean, this is real life, everyday type stuff. And so whether it's right. what I was talking about in scanning or the ability to like – I'm worried about getting myself ready to bed. The last thing in my mind is the retrieval of the knowledge of something else that I've got to do. And so I'm sharing that mm-hmm. with you because this is a big issue. And like when you're talking about trying to keep things top of mind with people and stuff like that, it's because working memory capacity is so low, things are falling out left and right. And that's really the big challenge. So anyway, thanks for uh, participating. I'm, I'm hoping the listeners out there who haven't listened to the show are like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's working memory and that's a big impairment. So – Mm-hmm. Now we no, can go that's a back great exercise. Take, Thank you. We can go back yeah. and take a look at a lot of stuff that you've been talking about, particularly feedback. A lot of times students, when they're mm-hmm. going up, they need to be able to go back and forth and back and forth and get like immediate feedback, not here's the feedback on a five-page mm-hmm. paper, but here's the feedback on a paragraph and go back and forth because right. they can't hold it or integrate it all at the same time. So, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that's, you know, you know it's it's always a question of, you know, getting to know the teacher's style, right? So if you, you – I, I always tell kids, let's take a risk, right? If you want feedback on this paragraph, let's do it. Let's see what the teacher says. Now, you know, 90% of teachers are going to be happy to help a kid who's asking for help. It may reach a point where they say, you know what, just trust yourself and give me, a, you know, one page and we'll work on it from there. However, that's the that's – the, every teacher is different. So you have to get to know your your teacher's and, uh, you know, what their styles are. And that's the challenging part for, for kids with executive function challenges is that, you know, teachers are not a monolith. They're not just one person. Everyone has different styles, and you have to kind of get to know each of them individually. And that's a lot, lot to hold. But, um, 
if you do that, you're going to have a successful experience, you know, most likely. Mm. So you work with students. Um, how long do you work with them typically? Or is it on, like is it over the, over the lifetime of high school or college? Yeah, it's different. I mean, I tell, I tell parents it's a minimum, you know, a minimum of a semester, right? Because a semester is going to allow us to try to attempt to put all these skills into practice and to come up against situations and be flexible and, you know, really challenge the, the executive function process and the skill set. So a semester is kind of the minimum that I tell people. Um, however, there are, there are students we've worked with for years, you know, just because they really value the process of engaging with someone, having a thought partner, um, and, you know, school is always getting harder, right? It's always getting more challenging, and then when you depart from school, you go into the real world, which has, you know, no clear, in a way, no clear metrics, metrics of success like grades. Like, school is easy in a sense because you have grades, you know, your teachers tell you whether you did good or bad, but in, the, in you know, the real world, in a sense, um, there aren't real clear metrics of of success. So it's always getting incrementally harder. So some, some students we work with throughout school and then we end up helping them through college and even transitioning into, you know, their careers. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, again, talking about process, years ago I had a woman call me up or someone was going to college close to me and it was breaking, he was struggling. So I got together with a Starbucks and I was listening and I could talk pretty quickly. It was kind of verbal. And, um, then the uh, so at some point in time, management and he had a time coach, and I quickly blurted it out. I said, "I bet you it works really good when you're with coach." And her mom's mm-hmm. eyes just bugged out. I said, "I said, yeah, my gut is it's not the calendar; it's the conversation that he's having with the coach. He's actually saying mm-hmm. what his day looks like. He's talking out loud. He's actually thinking out loud. What?" what everybody was looking at is the calendar being happened, but the process of executive function was kind of bringing top of mind. It was kind of funny because her, like her jaw dropped and the process of it is talking. And so I'm, I'm bringing that back because I often find that people with ADHD, they really need to be having conversations with people going back there. Basically it's not to talk is not to think. So that process is there and it really makes a lot of sense. One of the things that is helpful to do is just let them empower them to know that that's kind of what they do. So um, mm-hmm. i this together a little bit before we do any last thoughts and comments in terms of of your work with students and uh and, and getting through the process yeah well one thing that came up for me when you were sharing that story about kind of you know being with someone and it's really it's really uh it is that relationship right it goes back to you know building a relationship with a student which which allows them to feel comfortable and take risks and and change things but i mean i know everybody who's listening to this knows the importance of executive function skills but something I always tell parents is that there was a study done on, on it was uh, preschool students who, and they were looking at them, and they, they tracked their performance in school throughout, throughout high school. And they found that the kids who went through an intervention and developed better self-regulation skills, better executive function skills, those are the ones who had the best outcomes on math and reading scores down the road later on. So you know, there's always been this kind of myth in education that if you just focus on math and reading, kids are going to get better at that. But the truth is, according to this study, is that if we actually focus on those self-regulation skills, those self-management skills, self-awareness, that kids end up doing better on math and reading, which I kind of extrapolate to anything, right? If, you're, yep. you, can, if you have better self-regulation skills, you're going to do better on, 
you know, interpersonal relationships, on reading, math, science, whatever it is you put your mind on, as long as you can develop those self-management, self-awareness, self-regulation strategies, you're going to be good at whatever you do. So to put an accent, bold, highlight that, um, if you Google Attention Talk Radio Sesame Street, you'll pull up an interview I did with Autumn Zatani years ago. Um, she's in charge. She was, she was, I think she's still there, in charge of all the curriculum at Sesame Street, the YouTube, the app, the TV mm. show, et cetera. Season 43 was de- dedicated. The whole season was self-regulation. The, whole, the campaign was me want cookie, me wait. And we did the interview because um, they were focused on emotional self-regulation and how they were mm. working with preschoolers using the Muppets to teach them how to identify because kids don't know different emotions. They help them identify with it. They would help them feel it in their body and basically help them tap in to kind of notice it and do it. And the reason they did it and was so important was because self-regulation is fundamental, fundamental to learning. And I'm mm. going back to what you just said and putting a highlight on it as if you can't do that at the beginning, everything else is really kind of is uphill at that point in time. And so, it's not just about math and reading. I, I totally echo. It's a huge deal. So um, thanks for bringing it up because it's well put. And everybody, again, the Sesame Street episode, they dedicated the whole season to it for those reasons. So anyway, mm. um, Sean, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to be speaking with you today about these topics. And uh, I just I want to you know, shout you out for, for inviting me on as a guest. Absolutely. Everybody, EF, specialist, that's with an S, dot com. Go check out the website. Again, our secret word tonight is distinction. With that, we'll we'll catch you next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.